This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. Hello and welcome to episode 148 of Podaruni Mate. And in this episode, I'm talking to Andy McCaffrey, an actor who has written and starred in a new short film called Sparkle. Uh, she talks about, you know, writing it and uh, her career as an actress. Uh, I was in the same film as her, but uh, we never acted together in, in a scene. So uh, this week has been uh, great. I was up in Donegal for a couple of days with my daughter and her boyfriend. And we w- w- stayed with Marianne McLaughlin, who I interviewed on this podcast. And uh, she kindly put us up and... Uh, I'd just like to plug her gin. She's got a gin that she's invented and is marketing. It's called Runway 28. And it's a lovely gin if you're looking for a gin. Um, we had a great time there. We went to the Rosnola uh, Surf School and the surf was not up the way it was as flat as a pancake. So we didn't surf. We went out uh, paddling with uh, this guy called Fergal who brought us out, an absolute legend of a gentleman. And he brought us out for a couple of hours and we paddled up along the uh, coast uh, a little bit, you know. And uh, there's a, in Bundoran, we started off in Bundoran and we stayed in Bundoran, like we didn't go mad or anything. But uh, up along the edge, uh, further out from the town, there's a kind of cliff face there and an overhanging rock thing and caves so we paddled in and uh, got out of our uh, boats or whatever uh, uh, rafts canoes whatever the feck they're called and uh, we went into uh, because the tide was out we walked into the caves i mean they were there's a little bit of water there but uh, so much sea life in there and he showed us all these little things and we saw like crabs, little crabs scuttling about and sea anemo- anemones, 
is it? Um, these were, there was one that was like green kind of with this tentacly things. It was stuck onto the edge of the rock and then on the end of the green they were kind of purple. Such colours. There was actually a pink algae all over the floor of the cave. Pink! Like hot pink made in nature. Ah, and uh, there was limpets. I'm only learning what these are now. You know, they're the ones that are like stuck to the bleeding rocks. And uh, periwinkles. And, oh, yeah. And of course, jellyfish everywhere. But they were okay jellyfish. They weren't dangerous. Uh, moon jellies, maybe they're called. The ones that are, they're small and they have little, four little purpley bits. They look amazing. And uh, they were all, they were all around the sea when we were paddling and everywhere. I mean, the ones that, that were further in were probably dead, to be honest. But um, it was a great day. And, and um, the day before, we went down to Rosnaula Beach, which is absolutely just an amazing beach, uh, around 10 in the evening and just jumped in the sea. And it was so warm, so warm in the sea. You know, initially, of course, initially, there's a bit of a... When it gets up around the uh, waist high, and then um, and then after that, you just get used to it, and you go, "Oh, this is lovely." So that was my start to the week, and uh, I am running again, but I'm still, you know, getting stupid little injuries. But I'm running barefoot on the beach and all that crack, uh, uh, trying to trying to keep a bit fit. You know yourself, you have to do it. Um, well. Uh, so this uh, podcast, the other podcast I've been working on is, is uh, called DIC TV Radio. You get it on Spotify and iTunes and all that crack. And the very, we did six episodes. And the very last episode, we made it a musical about a couple separated by the pandemic, one in America, one in Ireland. And then they yeah, turn out that one's vax, one's pro-vax, one's anti-vax. And, uh, you know, in a funny way, I mean, if you're acting, it's much, uh, it's much better to be anti-vax because you can get really angry about stuff. But, um, we, uh, wrote a load of uh, songs for it and, uh, look, we're gonna do it live. I want to do it, uh, we're looking now at, at, uh, doing it outside somewhere, um, over the summer. Um, maybe in Stevens Green, there's a little area there, or uh, you know, outside. It'll have to be outside, but we're, we're going to do it live. But anyway, here's a here's an, uh, a clip from it. Ellie, Ricky, mm-hmm. I've missed you so much, Ricky. Uh, I've missed you too, Ellie. You've no idea all the things I've been doing while I've been waiting. Same. Really? I want to hear every detail, baby. Now. Yeah. Okay, but you have to tell me too, deal? Deal. I fumbled with the front door keys While I was talking on the phone The dog was pulling on the leash And whoops, there went my ice cream cone I was talking to you on the phone While I was trying to burp the worm I heard you drop your ice cream cone While I was trying to shuck the corn It was no fun 
two hands are better than one And I missed you Four hands are better than two I dropped my shopping on my foot Pretended that it didn't hurt My bag was hitting off my knee Spilled my coffee on my shirt I was polishing the banister While I tried to sympathize I was strangling the janitor And then I think I made him cry It was no fun Two hands are better than one And I missed you Four hands are better than two Take you on my guided tour I'm tickling your bearded clown I'm making sure your lock's secure I'm boxing the one-eyed champ While you watch me flick the beam I'm paddling your pink canoe Wrestling with your sardine Wrestling the sardine? How is that a euphemism? I'm sorry, I was thinking on the spot A sardine is tiny, it's like this size Couldn't you think of a bigger fish? I had to rhyme with bean Oh my god, are we having our first argument? Oh, this is so sweet I'm going to remember this day forever You know, it does look like a sardine Care for some tapas? <laughs> This is more fun. Two hands are better than one. How I missed you. Four hands are better than two. Four hands are better than two. Four hands are better than two. There you go. Um, uh, so, uh, you know that uh, Podaroonie is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And there's loads of great podcasts uh, on the network. And uh, here's one of them. Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Know That Face, the only podcast which honours the often underappreciated by the masses work of character actors. My name is Stephen Portia. My name is Andrew Carroll. Character actor is a supporting actor who specialises in playing unusual, interesting or eccentric characters. For whatever reason, these performers are less concerned with being stars. Because of that, they often take supporting roles in big movies or only play leads in indie films or TV. They're less concerned with their image. They can bounce between heroes or villains. They're chameleons and they often disappear into each role. So you might know the faces, but you might not know the names. So subscribe to us wherever you keep subscribed for podcasts and be on the lookout for that to come. And until then, uh, see you later, cinephiles. Bye-bye. 
I have never listened to that yet, but I really want to listen to that. Uh, that's right up my alley. So it is. Bleeding is alright. Um, yeah, so I chatted to Andy McCaffrey about this new film called Sparkle. And, uh, it's not out yet, but it will be doing the rounds of the festivals. And it sounds brilliant. I won't, you know, we talk about it during the chat. So, um, I'll just say here's Andy McCaffrey. Okay, yeah, uh, I'm talking to Andy McCaffrey. How are you, Andy? Um, did when did you want to become an actress? A loaded question, Joe. Um, I think kind of I've always been one of those kids that just loved it. You know that way. My mom had us in uh, ballet, like when we were very small. So we were on the stage in the John Play Theatre, like when I was four. I was one of those in a tutu. Oh. And so I don't know whether it was just the adulation or the feeling. I remember the first time, actually, that's a lie, because my mom put us in that. So we loved dancing. We were, me and my sister were in it. But I remember the first time I did this poem in school and it was about a swing. That's all I can remember. I'd say I was maybe six or seven. And I just remember the feeling of talking about this swing. And I felt like I was on it. I still remember it. I felt like I was on the swing. I was swinging the swing. And if I have to think back of when I wanted to do this, whatever it is, I don't think I knew I wanted to be an actor. But I knew I wanted that feeling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe from that, maybe I've just been chasing, but chasing well, the swing ever since. Yeah. But obviously, yeah, you, you were, it was in your bones. Cause if you can feel that you're on the swing, that you, you have that, uh, yeah. actor thing that you, you're there. Yeah. I was there. I was in it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. When you left school then, did you, um, did you? No, we, we, uh, when we were in school, myself and my friend Louise, we were in all of the drama. Everything we did, the plays we did, we were asked to come back when we left to do the assembly for sixth year. That's how much we were into it. Wow. But we were never kind of, we didn't really realize that we could do acting a, as a job. Mm. You know, I got told to do a secretarial course, maybe that would be good for me. I'd love to know where the um, guidance counselor, the, the, her head was to tell me to do a secretarial course because the way I am now, I always was. In school, I was hyper and uppity. And mm. so we, we weren't told it was an option. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't a thing. You were told you could go and be an actor. Yeah. And then I had my eldest son when I was 19. So kind of was not something that I was like, oh, I think maybe I'll be an actor now. It was like, yeah. Oh, no, what am I going to do? <laughs> right. Um, well, then you were obviously, you're a mom. So like, um, did you have to wait until... Your son was a bit older than to maybe pursue that kind of... I was about 23 when I went back to it. So I worked in jobs, but I always did kind of plays in the evening. So I was always doing something. So there was always like, I was working in one job and I did this play and then I was working at another job. And I did, I was was working full time. I think Jake was only one or two. And then I was doing rehearsals in the evening with plays. So it was always there. Okay. But I didn't, I think when I was about 23, I went back and I started doing some training and um, my husband's I met my husband when I was like 22 and his one of his friends is an actor Jeff and he was saying I think you should do this go to these classes I think this would be good so that's kind of when I start going back to it then I think and just thinking about it seriously but it wasn't until I was about 26 27 that I was like oh maybe I could yeah maybe this could be my job so I was working in the hospital in Tala hospital I've been there for four years I had like a 
you know, a safe job, if you like. Mm. And I got offered a leading role in a short. So I left the job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Bye-bye. But I can remember why, not, I can, not that I can remember why I left. I remember talking to one of the girls that was on, like, a, one of the desks up there. And so it's civil service. And she kept saying, uh, like, when I was telling her I was going to leave, she was like, but this job is so safe. And then there was just this voice in my head that was like, no, I'll be here in 20 years. Yes. She was right. But yeah, you're right. It's, uh. It's right. But like, no, I couldn't. So yeah. So then, then I became a full time actor. Wow. So. Madness. <laughs> so what, like, what are you doing? Um, theatre work then? No, not no. really. I didn't do much theatre. I was, I, I was more on the film side. So I think. I I just, I kind of did like what I call like my apprenticeship. I learned on the job. Mm. I didn't go and study for years. I studied with Vinnie Murphy, um, who's still my teacher now. I still do his classes. Um, I did a a class with him years ago. Yeah. yeah. Acting for TV. Yeah. He's great. He's great. So I was doing his classes and then I just kept kind of getting little gigs. So a little gig would come and then another gig would come. And then I was working as well. I was temping on the side, like doing reception jobs or like, uh, I did a, I did every job. Like I did, you know, working on the tarot lines, reading the tarot cards. Did you? Yeah. I only remember this a while ago. Um, yeah, I did a, so they, now I can read cards. So I, I, I had this idea. Okay. I need to be able to audition in the day. So I'll work in the evening. So that just opened me up to the maddest of jobs because I mean, what the hell? And it turned out when I did all these, nothing was happening in the day because I was probably so frazzled with the things I was doing. So. I was working on this tarot line and they would ring you up and you had to have like a name and everything. So they'd ring the landline, they'd ring the house phone and I'd have everything set up in the kitchen and myself and my husband would be watching like a, you know, a DVD at the time it was, you got a DVD. So we'd be in the sitting room watching a DVD and the house phone would ring and I'd run into the kitchen and then answer the phone. So you had to pick a name. So I'd answer the phone. I'd be like, you're through to Cosmic Cleo. <laughs> no way. That's hilarious. I'm sorry to do that. Yeah. It was all right money at the time. Like you'd get a check through the post then every couple of weeks or something. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then I worked as doing waitress and whatever. But then I kind of started getting a few ads and then I got a few parts in this and a few parts in that. And it just kind of kept. Yeah. That way. Right. And uh, when did you do uh, Love Hate then? How long ago was that now? Oh, God. Um, six or seven years ago now, I think it is. Right. But I got into Love Hate for the last episode. And at the time, I didn't realize it was the last episode. So it was the last season. I thought, I think I was in episode five, but I actually ended up in episode six. So my character was only introduced at the very end, but it was at the peak. So I played Stephanie, who was uh, a prostitute in the brothel, and uh, Peter Coonan, who was Fran, who was just like the biggest actors in Ireland at the time, came in. Yeah. So, yeah, it was great. It was a brilliant experience. I loved doing that, and I liked the character and... It was really cool. So I think I thought I had three lines and I ended up with three scenes. So that was great. Mm. But it was um, it was a big, huge, huge production. When I walked down, I was a bit like, oh. And then it was just cool and it was great. And yeah, so that was, that was yeah, seven years ago now. Right. And uh, it was just an amazing series to be involved. by 1.6 million people. Which in Ireland is unbelievable. I, I mean... You know, I went to the centre the next day. We were doing the school run. And there's a woman going to me, Were you? And I had the makeup done. I was ready just in case. She's like, Were you? 
on the telly last night. Yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> you were ready for it. There's no hiding that day. Yeah, it was, it was brilliant. It was really good. Yeah. And I think you're right though about, uh, getting work gives you more, you learn so much more on a set with a big crew and all that. It, you, you learn so much, don't you? When you're yeah, in. Yeah. I think you can't learn that in a classroom or in a, mm college like the stakes are so much higher when you walk there you can't teach that feeling of been a bit like oh and then been like no this is grand I know what I'm doing I have to keep my stuff together remember my lines keep my character so I think I learned that all the work you do before you get there is the most important thing you know so that you're and I don't just mean your lines I mean whatever it is that keeps you kind of chilled out like whether it's your meditation or your you know I write a lot so writing is good for me it keeps me kind of because I'm I'm hyper by nature Mm. I don't know if you can tell, Joe. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm getting a bit of an inkling. Yes. Mm. Oh, I have to work hard to keep grounded. Right. But yeah, so I mean, the, the, um, you have to be just delivering your lines nice and quietly, even though there's like adrenaline rushing and there's, there's like, seems like 50 people just looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But that's the buzz, I think. And that, that's the adrenaline rush, isn't it? That you can go into this zone. And then my favorite part is when all of that just disappears and you don't see any of that. And you're literally just there, right yeah. there. And you're just like, and you forget everything else. Yeah. Nothing else is happening except that. I don't know. Do you get that? Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot. Uh, I did Kilna Scully for five years and I learned just to be so casual about the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was just purely from um, experience. Because I remember the first day, I was like, there's so many people with lights and checks. And then somebody just comes up to you and looks at your nose. Or someone else comes up with a focus thing right into your face. Yeah. And you're like a prop, basically. Yeah. And it's not about you as well. Like, I learned that this, I think I've learned, because I made my own film this year, Sparkle, which I was chatting to you about one of your songs is in, Queen of Our... County. I was just testing you, Joe. <laughs> just testing you to see if you knew the name of your own song. Uh, yeah. So, um, I learned that with, with doing this, making the film, it's a, a team. You're just a cog in a wheel. It's not about you. I think as an actor, sometimes you get deluded into thinking, Oh, I'm going to get this part and my life's going to change. I'm going to be here. Then it's going to be amazing. And then when you actually start doing the work, you're like, Oh yeah, no, that's not what this is. So when I made the film, it's just a, t- it's a team. It's a collaboration. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's a lovely thing. Yeah. It's a lovely thing when it, when, when you're in that and it works and you're all working together. And it's like, I know everyone says it's like a little family, but it kind of is because we don't get, like, I don't do a nine to five. So I don't have that thing where I walk into a job every day. I'm like, morning. Mm. So I think for us, you come in and you get this little intense, like, I hate saying bubble now because of COVID. I don't, never want to say the bubble word again. <laughs> you get this intense little thing at time. And you get so close to people and so friendly, and then it's just like, Poof. yeah, yeah, that's true. So like we we had a we got a, the scheme was was for actors to create their own work because of COVID. So I think there was like two hundred and eighty applicants and thirty people got picked. So I was one of the thirty. So that was amazing because I wrote this myself, and it means a lot to me because it's my own work, you know, and whatever. And um, it's a comedy set in the eighties, and it's about the time the Irish government tried to cancel aerobics. I pitched this to you already when I was like. I'd like your song, Joe. <laughs> oh, it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, it sounds great. So what I did was, with a budget of two and a half grand, tried to make a film 
that looks like it's about 15 grand. So I went, uh, I went above and beyond, which was grand in theory. But when you actually try to put that into practice, it's quite stressful. So we had a very big crew and cast. And so I was so conscious, like, so that I knew everybody. So I was like, morning, how are you? You all right? Blah, blah, blah. Are you all? You know, just to make sure everybody's okay. Cause I've been on sets where, you know, the ones you've been on, where you don't get fed, where everybody's vibey, everyone's tired. Mm. No one's had a cup of coffee. So I was like, that's not why I want this to be. So yeah, Ruth, you made an effort. Yeah. Uh, you just consciously made an effort. So you've always written, have you, Andy? Yeah. I've always, uh, I love writing and I've always done it, but I didn't. I, so I have, I have bits of films everywhere in the drawer. Well, I have two actually other shorts that I've completed now. Um, but I've always written, always done it, but I always kind of got a start and a middle and no end or a start and an end and no middle. I found it hard to put it all together. Mm. So, um, Colin McKeown, I got him through Film Network Ireland. He used to do this course, um, make your short in 10 weeks. So I said, I'll give this a go. And he was just amazing because he just gives you, he helps you find your, what's the word? Like your own kind of technique or whatever, or your own way or your own process sort of. Because mm. that's different, I think, for every single person. Yeah. Because everyone learns differently. We all think differently. Like, you know, and it was just amazing. Um, so I did that 10 week course. And at the end of it, I had a short film. I'd written a short. That wasn't this one that I made. I have another one there. Um, that I did using his kind of process and the techniques and sticking to it. And it was hard. I'm not going to lie. Like it was like, Oh, cause these characters appear and then you're carrying them around, which you, you know, you write as well. Yeah. So you're carrying them on your back and then it's like, Oh God, I don't think I want to do this anymore. So when the opportunity came up for actors creator, obviously COVID had happened. We were all sitting at home and I had had this idea years ago. The, the, the first idea that came into my head for, for this film was a woman lighting her, uh, candles on her birthday cake herself. So I was like, what's the worst thing? That'd be really shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, if you had to light the candles on your own birthday cake, that's pretty, that's kind of saying you kind of let everything go. Yeah. You know, if you're, if there's, if, if there's no one that can go here, mom, or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's, a, and that's the opening scene, isn't no, it? No, it's in it. It's not the very yeah. opener, but it, okay, it, but it, it is one of the openers. It's, and it kind of, it's stuck in my head. It was just, yeah. it couldn't leave me alone. Yeah. So I saw, I think I get kind of images like that. You but know, that's, then. That's, that's what, that's a great film. Uh, it's images. It's not yeah. like dialogue. It's, yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. So I see it like a flash and then it's like, oh, okay. And then if it won't go away, then I kind of go, all right. And then I was, I roller skate. That's my kind of thing I do. Yeah. Um, and it's, there's a roller rink near where I live and I go roller skating and I love it. It's just, it's the best thing ever. It's like a disco and I have like light up wheels. I'm like a child. Yeah. All the little five year olds would be like, I love your wheels. And I'm like, thanks. somebody send that woman home somebody send her home but it's amazing it's really nice and freeing and everything and um like i'm still trying to balance it took me a year to go backwards and then i made an absolute show myself because i was screaming so loud when i did it yeah small children i was like oh my god yes (laughs) it's so hard so it took me a year to like learn and let go to go backwards but um when i was doing the research for this film i was looking up roller skating that's what I was doing. I was like, right, making a film about roller skating. This is what I need to do. Blah, blah, blah. And I found a ro- this memo from the Taoiseach's office about aerobics, mm. about them saying, don't endorse it. We think it's dangerous to women's health. Jane Fonda is born, worries the doctors, all this stuff. 
that had been released in the archives from 30 years ago. And I was just like, you know, when you get that feeling of like, <gasps> I was like, oh my God. So that's kind of where I, it, it, the inspiration like hit me in the face. I was like, this is just too good to not. The fact that, you know, the Taoiseach's office were sending memos to the Minister for Health saying, well, we think this is dangerous for women. Like, don't, don't let them do it. My God, it's, it's astounding that like, this is the 80s, was it? Yeah. 80s. Yeah. I think it was 82. Right. So wouldn't have thought that was going on. No. Incredible. And I, do, I think nobody probably knew what was going on because these were all kept in a file and they were only released after 30 years. So they've only probably been released like in the last couple of years and now they're available for you to look at. So the timing was right because I wouldn't have maybe found it five years ago or if I hadn't have been putting in roller skating, aerobics, lunatic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Research. Yeah, you know, so, but I was blown away. So that's, I mean, when you've got that kind of a um, prompt, mm, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's going to just kind of go somewhere then, I think. Got to go with it. And uh, you, did you get finance for it then, yeah? Yeah, so we got the scheme uh, through Screen Ireland and yeah. Screen Skills Ireland and Bow Street. They oh. they did that, act, that the actor as creator. Um, and uh, like you, 2000, is that what you, is that 2, what the 2500. Unbelievable. Unbelievable is right. I'm smashed. <laughs> Yeah, but like, like that's so uh, such a it's it's. Now I have to say the 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 crew, the cast, like amazing what they've done. Just like Jared Walsh, you've worked with Jerry, you know Jerry. Yeah, yeah, Jerry. Yeah. He came and directed, um, and gave his his creativity and his skills and his talent and was yeah, Andy, I'll do it. Um, an amazing producer, Eva Derwin and Colin McKeown as well. He had like so many people helped, but I was like. Calling in all these like favors, you know, from, I was like, any favor I'd ever done for anyone. I was like, hello. This, you know, and people want, I think people want to work as well because COVID. So we came yeah. out of level five and we were in that two week window in December, you know, and we just everything kind of opened. Yeah. So everyone was like, yes, let's get out. Um, brilliant. And, uh, you got some great actors in it, didn't you? Yeah. It's very lucky. I got, uh, so Mark Dunn, um, is playing Mick, my husband. I have uh, David Flynn, who is just an amazing actor. Um, he's playing my son, Jeremy. His actual brother in real life, Shane, is playing uh, my other son. And then we have Kathy Monaghan, who plays Jan, who's Irene's best friend. And Jeff O'Toole then, who's playing Hajo Swayze. Amazing cast. So, yeah. So, yeah, people just said, yeah. So I was like, oh, God, OK, if you ask people to do stuff, they kind of say, yeah. Right. This is good to know. Yeah. It's just, I've learned so much, Joe, doing this. I think every actor should make their own film because holy Jesus Christ. Yeah. You just learn. Well, I think one big thing for me was I learned the kind of, like I knew I could act. I know I'm a good actor. Mm. But now I kind of think sometimes when you're going for parts and stuff, it's not actually maybe about your acting. It's about you slotting into something and fitting in. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes you're going and you're going, you're putting your energy into this part and you could do a great audition and it could be brilliant. But maybe that's just not matched up to the other actor that you're going to play their husband or their wife or you're going to play their, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I learned that. That was a huge thing to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that it's the team, the team you have around you. You can't do anything without a good team. And if, you know, people collaborate together, that's what it is. 
Mm. You know, that's that's what it is. That's the whole game is just finding people that you click with and that get your idea and they kind of... And so I knew with Jer, like I know Jer a long time and we have very similar sense of humour because it's a comedy. So as soon as we start chatting about the script, Jer was like, yeah, this, this. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was good. Yeah. Like, I- same wavelength. And then... Eva, who's the director, as I said before, then Daniel, who's the editor. Like, everybody just kind of was on the same boat wanting to... It's a team. You can't do it on your own. Like, you really can't. Yeah. You really can't, like, you know, so... Um, and then I think I also learned that I can do more than I thought. Like, it was stressful now. I'm not going to lie. What has been stressful, it's a ro- it was a roller coaster to try and get it over the line. We're just finished now. But um, I think you kind of can sometimes undervalue yourself or say oh well I don't know now if I can do that but when you're writing something and then you're you're and it's your story and your voice it kind of just gives you a bit more confidence I think to be like do you know what if if I don't get acting parts and that's not the way then I can just make my own stuff and that's grand mm. and I have to kind of be okay with that instead of maybe I'm very I think all actors are creatives like I'm a dreamy up in the clouds da, 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 all your dreams oh life is beautiful <laughs> and that's a hard place to be in. That's a hard place to be in when you get kicked around and don't get what you want sometimes. So, oh, absolutely. Look, you have to be slightly deluded to be uh, to go into the arts. Yeah, I'm going to be the one that will make it out of all the hundreds and thousands. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, it is tough. I mean, I, I, there's been a lot of self tape auditions during lockdown. I think I think a lot of the time there's just getting everyone to self-tape and no matter how many times I go look you just send it in and forget about it I get dejected when I'm rejected and the hardest thing is sometimes well now I have a thing about this because a lot of actors are saying well I'd like to hear from a cast and director I'd like to get it no and I disagree with that because I'm kind of trying to get myself to the point where I can send it shoot it out there say this is what I did and forget about it Mm. whereas if I have to wait for the answer, like if it's, if I get the answer, it's a yes. If I start getting emails saying, well, that's a no now, and you're doing all these and it's no, 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 no. No, I don't want to know that. Thanks. I'd yeah. rather send it out. But if it's a yes, that's grand. If it's a no, I know it's a no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't hear, it's a no. Yeah. If you don't hear, it's a no. That's just the way it is. That's grand. I can live with that. But like if I start getting emails then saying from every single thing I went for, I think I'd find that really hard. Yeah. And if you're still, if, uh, as the, uh, your agent might say, uh, says to me, anyway, if you're getting the auditions, they must see something in you. Yeah, they're calling you in. So <laughs> exactly. And it's that thing again. It's just, an, I think it's an energetic thing a lot of the time because when we were doing casting and I was casting this, it was literally like the only way I can describe it is like, you know, guess who? No, no, no. Yes. Oh yeah. No, no. Yes. Not even it's a, it's a, it's an energy thing. It's a connection thing. Does she fit this? Is that that person? And when they they are, it's just like, it just lights up. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I know there's loads of other things at play, but I kind of have to, I for me, I kind of have to rationalize in my mind that way because if I start getting into all the politics of this reason and that reason, you'd be driving yourself mad. It just wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, um. So you would, you would advise a, people to write and shoot their own film. I mean, yeah, I've written one and it, I didn't direct it. Yeah. Oh, you didn't direct this either. No, I didn't direct this, no. And yeah, it, it is good. Did you, oh, another question I wanted to ask. Is this something that I did in the short film is we went over the dialogue uh, with, uh, with 
seen an actor come in and we go over the dialogue and then just change it because it wouldn't feel natural or mm-hmm. bits wouldn't feel natural. Maybe that's just me. That's how I did it anyway. But No, we did so, like, I I did a lot of comedy improv. I was at a comedy improv tr- troupe for two years. Yeah, I saw that in your biog and I do comedy improv. I love it. Oh, it's yeah. the best thing ever, Joe. Yeah. The best thing ever. But I remember I used to be driving in to do the gigs and I'd be in the car going, why am I doing this? Why? I don't know why I'm doing this. Blah, 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 blah. Why am I doing this? And then you get up there and you do it and you're just like, yes, it's just because normally the audience are all a bit pissed mm. and especially in the lives and you're asking for the, for the, I never emceed now. I didn't emcee. There's always someone else emceeing. Mm. But like, you know, you're asking for the suggestions and throwing stuff up and it's just like, boom, it's just so good. Such yeah. a good feeling. So I think for me then I kind of bring a bit of that when I'm, like I love improv if it works but I think you need parameters especially with film because you'll just keep going forever yeah so we did have yeah we did some improv there's one specific scene that's improvised right that wasn't actually meant to be in and then it ended up in so I'm not going to say what it is because don't people do yeah no no I'm, I, I, wasn't, <laughs> I, yeah. I wasn't actually saying uh, what I what I meant was even before you shoot just go over the yeah. scene and yeah. sure it feels like natural dialogue. Yeah, we did because we didn't have rehearsal because of COVID. We couldn't. So we couldn't all meet in a room. We had a Zoom rehearsal. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Zoom. Anyway, for me, it just, I need to be in the room. I need to feel it, you know? Yeah. So myself and Mark definitely did because we were playing husband and wife. So right. we had to have that. And then we did it. We did do between takes a couple of improv things where we just went for it. And I was talking to him and I was saying, your mother rang. He was saying, oh, what does she want? And we just did that to give us a kind of a basis of who we were and where we were at. So that was really interesting. I think that helped us loads because then we were coming in with a kind of a, oh, this is all right. That's what's going on. All right. That's, and it was lovely, like, and so much fun. And you yeah, know, you just want to do that all day. Yeah. You just you want to live in that forever. Like, cause it's just so much fun. Yeah. It would be fantastic. You're to playing be. pretend. You know what I mean? You're messing like, you know, it's, uh, yeah, really good. That's really brilliant. good. We did that a lot, yeah. Anyway, look, it's absolutely great. I can't wait to see... Uh, Bigged it up now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's going to be great. I mean, you obviously know it's going to be great. Um, oh. And so you'd be touring the festivals and stuff. You'd be sending it out to all the festivals, yeah? Yeah, we're going to... Yeah, we're, we're, we're hoping it'll do well in the festivals. But I think because it's a comedy and... Um, it's female led. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's um it's about women's liberation, you know it is. And I it's set in the eighties and I think it has something a little bit different at the moment. And I think it's something we need, a bit of lightness, a bit of fun, a bit of comedy, you know that kind of way? Yeah. Life is hard enough. I mean, I think I have heard a few people talking about um on a few different podcasts I was listening to people making films about COVID. I'm like, I don't <laughs> I don't wanna watch it, I'm never watching that. I am never watching a film. Yeah. Would you sit down with your popcorn? Oh, do you know what? No, no, maybe, maybe in about five years or something and think back on it, but 20 years. (laughs) But, um, uh, I I think not, maybe not now. Yeah. Not now. I even don't want to be doing much stand up about it. People are going, Oh, you must have loads of material. I don't know if I want to go back to a, people go to their first stand up comedy gig and they want, they don't want to, Here's someone d- 
just talking about fucking COVID. You know what I mean? I went to get my nails done yesterday. There's a woman sitting across the oak. She was talking about the Delta variant. And so, I mean, there's another couple of years in this. For, and I don't watch the news. I don't listen to yeah. it. Don't look at it. I, uh, as I said, cloud, la, la, land. Don't want to know because it just affects me so much. It just messes, it fucks my head up. Yeah. So she was sitting there, she was going on, and I said, thanks very much. I don't watch the news, but you Jesus, I know what's going on in the world now anyway. You know, so there's that thing of, especially with Irish people, they love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, have you ever tried to say to someone it's a nice day over here? It's not. <laughs> it's a lovely yeah. day out there. It's, uh, out there. it's going to rain at four o'clock. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's the way yeah. we are. Yeah. So that's what's happening when you're talking about it. Not, no, I don't, I think. Yeah. I think uh, it's very hard to talk about to someone about it because you never know who is really anti saying it's all a hoax and all this kind of. And then you don't know who's been affected. Like we've been affected. Our our family has. I'm not going to get into it, but you don't know. You know who's who've lost people. Yeah. You know, so it's it's um. Yeah. It's it's not pretend. Do you know what I mean? It's very real, and that's no way. I think why I kind of just go, okay, I can't look at that all the time. I have to. Yeah, we have to live our lives. We, we, you know, we've been locked in for a year. Yeah, I just realised I did write a load of stuff about COVID. But anyway, I'm <laughs> have you yeah. just got the pen out now and done that? Look, oh, put a line through that. Well, <laughs> a bloody no, it, it was on a podcast. I wrote. We wrote a kind of a musical podcast, and it was about a couple who who had been apart for a year, and then they find out one is one is anti-vax, one's pro-vax. It's a comedy thing, anyway. It's just a bit of crap. I think you should do it. I think you should do it. On a podcast, yeah. We're going to do it as a, as a live musical. A short. A short. I saw a thing you did a while ago. Was it a, the, a boy band thing or something, was it? Yeah. yeah. So we did that, that was about it as well. Be In My Bubble was the name of the song. I saw it. It was brilliant. Yeah. So we wrote a few more songs now. Um, <laughs> we wrote a song called Four Hands Are Better Than Two. It's about, <laughs> it's about the couple being apart from each other. And you know what I mean? Our hands are better than two. Our hands are better than two. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you know the thing we were saying about the, the, the comedy improv? I think when you're doing that, right, and you, you'll probably think the same, the maddest stuff comes out of the back of your mind. Like, it's just, you know, when you're doing those things on the, on the, the like off the cuff, you know, you're doing yeah. that. Right? Yeah. It's this stuff, it's like, I think though, we used to watch Whose Line Is It Anyway when we were kids. You know, remember that? Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. That was one of my favorite programs. Yeah. It was, it was on the other night there again. It's just genius. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. When you're, it it's, it's funny what stuff comes out of your mind. You, you wouldn't want to be going through any darkness, trauma, or it'll come out in a funny way, but. <laughs> come out in a funny way and then you have to sit in the corner and rock in the back of your car all the way home <laughs> what did I do why why yeah yeah well it's good crack yeah uh, I can't wait to get back to it and uh, yeah. anyway listen thanks a million for talking to me Andy and uh, I can't wait to, can't wait to see the film and um you're using a song that I was in a band like I don't know 40 years ago or something anyway not that long ago, but, uh. Not that long. Not that long. Guernica. So Guernica. So there was a song on one of the EPs and you use now, which I'm delighted. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's in, it's in two different places and it works amazing. It's gorgeous. Uh, and it's so, it's real, um, it's just a real eighties, you know, yeah. song and you can feel like the vibe of it that it's eighties. Cause if you look up at music now, cause that was the hardest bit actually trying to find music. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. It was like really challenging. 
But like yes, a, yes. a song that's actually from the eighties, like a, a real eighties song, you can yeah. feel it. It just has a, a different sense to it. So when's the band getting back together, Joe? Well, we definitely. I'm serious. We're going to do one gig. We're not going to tour, right? yeah. But we want to do one gig. We've there's there's um that that song is on an EP, which um is going for 150 euro online on vinyl. It's ridiculous, like, wow. because great, uh, great some DJ in um, Valencia in Spain, and we didn't know this when we had, were in the band, was mixing it, and it was kind of a big rave scene, and he was like wow. mixing it with beats. So all those people, that was their youth, and they just want that single. That's why it's so expensive. And and uh, when the internet started up, I was getting messages from people in Spain going, uh, are you Joe Rooney from the band Guernica? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, I found out that I'm it was a rock star, baby. While I was working as a kitchen porter, there were people in Valencia dancing in a rave to our song. Anyway. You're just washing the dishes, crying. <laughs> oh, I've done that, Billy. I've done that. I've done that job, scraping people's food off plates. I know it's like you're standing there scraping it, crying there. Da, da, da. Yeah. Where did it all go wrong? Yeah. If only I'd known. Back Isn't then. that amazing? That's amazing. It, it's amazing. It's amazing what the internet can tell you. I would never have known if the internet didn't happen. Anyway, um, so, uh, so yeah, we will get back together. We'll, we'll, uh, hopefully we get back together. Maybe we'll have a big screen and when the world is all open and you can play. That'd be class. Yeah, we play our one. That'd be class. And show the film. We'll do it, Joe. We'll yeah. do it. Yeah. We'll do it in a big field somewhere. Well, maybe it won't have to be a field. Maybe we'll be actually out in, inside, inside somewhere in the yeah. six months. Thank you, Joe. Thanks. Oh, and before we finish up, uh, we are both in the same film called South, and every and it's in uh, it's on uh, Amazon Prime, right? Yeah. And uh, Um, we play husband and wife, but we don't actually have any scenes together. No, we never even acted together. We met in it on it, did we? No, after we met at the rap. Met at the rap, but uh, yeah, but we were never together in a scene because we were separated in the film, and I died in the film actually. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Do you want to just tell everyone what happens in the end, Joe? <laughs> yeah, it's South is really good, and um, it's I've recommended it to people because I'm in it, like, uh, and uh, and a lot of people loved it. Some yeah, girl, a lot of people have. I got a few messages off people because the internet. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. Yeah, one girl in America said it reminded her of Paris, Texas, the film Paris, Texas. Someone else said that. Oh really? Yeah, yeah someone else. Oh, I can't remember. Someone else said that made that comparison. That's gas. Yeah. Right, yeah. That's, that, that's one of my favourite films, Paris. No way! Yeah, I love it. I fucking love it. Okay. Thanks, Andy. Joe. Brilliant. And she's a great actress. A really brilliant, brilliant actress. And she's got it in her bones, she has, you know. And, and I think it's, ah, I'm so delighted that my, the song from the band I was in, Guernica, which is like a, it was like a dub version of a, of a song, uh, called Orange and Red. And it was like a, you know, it was, it was kind of cool. It was kind of a thing to do back in the eighties where you'd, uh, do a, a remix or dubby version of your uh, uh, the song on the EP. You know what I mean? And uh, then the DJ could mix it in, and that's that's that version she chose. And uh, I'm delighted it's going to be in a film. There you go. Thirty years or whatever later, after it being recorded in 
in Slane of all places. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, so, uh, I don't know who's on. I'm still waiting on maybe Guy Pratt to come on the podcast. Uh, he, uh, is a bassist with, uh, Pink Floyd and he played with lots of, uh, big people. And, uh, he was getting his flat or his flat ready to be rented out this week. So he couldn't do it. So, uh, hopefully I have him next week. Hopefully. Uh, in the meantime, have a lovely week and uh, to the pip. And you know, the vaccinations for the young people are going to be out now. 18 to 34, they can just go down to the uh, uh, pharmacy uh, and uh, book their vaccination. And um, I know I'm very, I'm pro-vaccination. Oh, of course I'm pro-vaccination. It doesn't make sense. There is a virus and there's a vaccination for the virus. But if anybody who is anti-vaccination or anti-mask, I mean, usually people are anti-mask, or anti-vaccination, because that seems a contradiction in terms for me, but, um, uh, you know, if you don't want to take the vaccination, then you should probably just wear a mask and live with it. Um, but, uh, if anyone like that wants to come on the podcast, I have asked one or two online, but they never want to come on. Uh, but I'm putting it out there. I'm, I'm sure none of them listen to this, but anyway, because I, no, uh, but in the meantime, uh, see ya, Ari. Have a good week. Bye. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs>